Today is very special. We're going to go on a journey together. That's true. So <laughs> grab your passport, pack your bags, get yes. ready. In uh, the next several episodes, we're going to talk to you about the supernatural. Amen. I'm talking about the real supernatural. That's right. And as for 55 years, I have gone on these missionary trips. I've gone That's in very right. dangerous places, places where they're trying to kill me, places where they told me not to go. Right. Uh, and a few times, well, more than a few, I've taken pastors with me, Christians with me. A lot of times I just tell them, sorry, you can't go. This trip's too dangerous. I'm not, I'm right. not taking you. Sometimes they're illegal and I have to sneak in and out of country. So I, I'm not going to put you in that position. But, uh, but when I do take people with me, I usually give them some kind of an orientation before That's we right. leave uh, the states and yeah. tell them, here's what to expect. Uh, here's what I don't want you to do. There's some rules I have I don't want you to do right. uh, while we're there and things that I do want you to do. Now, if you go on your own trip, you can do whatever you want to. But this is my trip, my rules, and I've done this before. I'm not a rookie, and I've done this before. And most Christians really don't know where they are. They're really... And the supernatural. They're really not located themselves. Right. Uh, uh, spiritually. And so uh, it's like in, in Acts chapter 4, whenever Paul and, I mean, excuse me, whenever P uh, Peter and John had healed the guy at the great gate beautiful and got in trouble for that and got wanted to put them in prison, finally they let them go in, in, in chapter uh, 4 and verse, I believe it's 23, it says, when they were let go, they immediately went to their own company. And see, you, you have a company and you need to find out where that company is. And Brother Hagin used to tell us most Christians don't know who their company is or where their company is, but you need to know, uh, you need to locate yourself. And so uh, the next few episodes, we're going to get on a plane. We're going to hop to this country. Let's go to India. Let's go to Africa. Let's go here. Let's go there. And I'm going to talk to you about some do's and don'ts because we're, we're, we're not just going to teach some Christians or some kids in Sunday school or even a pastor's conference where we're all nice Christians we're dealing with. We're going to do open air crusades where we're fighting hell, where hell knows who we are. They know we're coming and we're going to be casting devils out of people. We're actually going into hell's backyard, the devil's backyard and rescuing people. And, and it's a fight. And so we're going to talk to you about that because you need to be prepared. You don't That's want right. to go ill prepared. And so many Christians are exactly not prepared for that. So stay with us. It's going to be a great several shows, and uh, I think you're going to learn some things, and, and, and I know you're going to enjoy it. We welcome you today to More Than Conquerors program. Terry Mize Ministries, 55 years of marvelous experiences, learning, growing, and the supernatural. <laughs> We're on a journey, building a bridge, making a highway, getting tracks laid. So here we go. <laughs> yeah, we've been talking about the last several That's right. uh, weeks, several episodes. Yes, we have. Just about uh, missions. Yes. And about how that I've been taking these missions trips for 55 years. You know, in, in the beginning, I thought I'd just be a live-in country missionary. Yes, I find that so interesting. That's your perspective. That's what people did. Yeah. You know, and, and so when the Lord spoke to me at age 13, He said, you're a missionary. Yes. Then I just projected that into yeah. the future that, okay, I'll go to 
because I lived in West Texas, I just thought Mexico. I didn't think right. other poor countries of the world. Yeah. I thought, okay, I'll just go live in Mexico all my life. Right, and so right. when Jackie and I got married, and and uh, and uh, as soon as we got out of the army, uh, then we just took off for Mexico, Oaxaca, Mexico, with our our baby. You know, was born while we was in the army. Right. So we had a baby and in a Bible, and Jackie and I, and fifty dollars, fifty dollars. Thank you. No Jesus. partners, and no my checking my. account, and no credit cards, and yeah, no place to live, and no place to go. And yeah. the one missionary lady that told me while I was in the army, now when y'all get out of the army, you come down here and work with me. And I said, great. And she died while we were in the army, so we had no place to go. Uh, didn't know what to do. We were green as a gourd. We didn't yes. know, come here from Sikkim. And uh, and so when when we went, we just we just had to go with all those things we didn't have, plus all the promises of God. That's it. All the promises <laughs> As of Hudson God. Hudson Taylor said that. He, he was up in China, you know. We love that book. And he said he was up there and nobody and no thing. Back and in he the 1800s. <laughs> he didn't have anything. I mean, he just said 25 cents. Said, I've got 25 cents, but all the promises of God. All the promises of God. That's kept me going in a lot yes, of places. Yes, no joke. But anyway, no you know, uh, there's a lot of, uh, I didn't really make a lot of rookie mistakes. Thank God, thank God, thank yes, God, thank hallelujah. God. God had, because I, I guess because I'd served God since I was six. Right. And because I learned to hear from God, and I'd bathe this in prayer for so long. Right. That, uh, you, you know, so many missionaries back then, and even today, here we project it 55 years later, uh, you, you go talk to missionaries around the world, and they may say, you know, I've been here three years, I've been here five years, I've been here 10 years, and I had right. one soul. Uh, and, you know, I started winning souls from day one. Right. I started having miracles from day one. I guess I just didn't have any better sense than just to believe the Bible. <laughs> and uh, and so, but there are a lot of rookie mistakes. And so I, when I preach in Bible schools and teach missions classes, I try right. to I try to prepare those students and, and tell them, hey, there's no sense in you reinventing the wheel. Exactly. And there's no sense in you making mistakes That's that all wisdom. the other missionaries made. That's wisdom. So, so learn from other people. And, yes. and I did that. I, I learned from older Missionaries, right. and I respected and honored older missionaries, and and I don't see a lot of that sometimes in the people that come from the states, like church groups and church youth groups or church of uh, uh, you know men's groups, women's groups, whatever that that get together in their church and decide to come to the mission field and visit yeah. a missionary. Yeah. And instead of respecting and honoring that missionary that's been there years and years and years. Exactly. And he's learned how to live in that country. Right. They come in with all these quote new ideas. They right. think they're new. Uh, there's really probably not any new ideas. I mean, I, I've had so many young bucks tell me, oh, but I just kept this idea. And I said, what is it? And they tell me, I said, you know, that's not new. I was doing that 35 <laughs> years ago. You know, I mean, you, you're not the one that came up us. with that. You know, yeah, people I learned from other us. people. If, yeah. you, if you learn from those that go on before, well, you'll you'll avoid lots of pitfalls and lots of mistakes. Well, the and New one Testament that, said, you know, we're built on the foundations of the, the apostles, apostles and, and prophets. prophets. Exactly. And so there's been 2,000 years of trial and error up till now. So try to learn from that. <laughs> so, so when I get a group together and bring them with me on a trip, I right. tell them, I said, look, we're going to visit this missionary, this missionary, and this missionary. These are friends of mine. These are people I know, people I respect, people I'd wash their feet. They've been there 10 years, 20 years, 50 right. years. And so don't go down there and try to change what they're doing. Don't go down there with you saying, hey, I'm the no, great. Oh, that's right. Uh, you know, I've just come from America. I'm smarter than everybody else. And, that's right. And so I'm going to teach you guys something. Said, you need pride. to learn from them. <laughs> they've learned the culture. They've learned the yes. language. They've learned the customs. They know how to deal with the situation. And I said, always remember this. When, when you leave, you're going to be there 10 days. Yeah. And so when you leave, they're stuck with your mess. 
So don't leave them a mess. They've got to live there. Dear Lord, you yes. Know, you, if you get kicked out of the country, you, you'd think it's cool. You'd just go home and write a news there and say, I got kicked out of a country for Jesus. I said, but, <laughs> but if they get kicked out of the country, it's a big deal. Yes, because sir. they have labored there all these, all years, these years, and they've, they've laid foundation and, and laid foundation, laid, laid the train tracks, as you well, like to say. And, and Paul and, said and that. And if you get them kicked be out. Be careful. Yeah, Paul said, be careful when you build on another man's foundation. Oh, exactly right. It's a sacred thing to God when you go and attach your train onto their engine. Exactly. And you handle it in such a frivolous, careless I learned, way. I learned that from Bernie Davis. Bernie's yeah. been in heaven a long time now. Right, Bernie, right. Bernie uh, and I met when uh, I was just 24 years old, and uh, we supernaturally met. Ran that's, into that's each other face to face <laughs> at the train station in Guadalajara. Yes. Uh, God had sent me to Guadalajara. I knew nobody there. He just said, go to Guadalajara. So I packed up Lynn, you know, two-year-old baby and, and right. Jackie and I. And uh, we stepped off the train station in Guadalajara knowing nobody there. Didn't know what we were going to do when we get there. Didn't know where we were going to stay. Again, we don't, right. have a, we don't have a post office box people to send money to. We, yeah. We're not putting out a newsletter. Nobody right. knows our name except right. heaven and hell. And... Uh, and God said, go to Guadalajara. So, so we, we pulled in the train station in Guadalajara and stepped off the train and ran smack into this American. Oh. And he was standing there smiling. And he said, are you so-and-so? And he mentioned somebody's name. And I said, no, sir. Uh, he said, oh. And he said, well, well, I'm Bernie Davis. And I said, well, I'm Terry Myers. And we shook hands. <laughs> and he said, uh, he, he said I'm, uh, I came down here to meet a, some pastor, some minister. You know, that he was expecting to meet. They didn't show up. Oh, and, my. Uh, and I showed up, you know. And uh, and he said, what are you doing here? And I said, well, I'm a missionary. He said, praise the Lord. You know, me too. And he said, uh, 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 what, are you, what, are you, what are you going to do? I said, I'm not sure. God told me to come to Guadalajara. I said, I guess I'll just study the language. I speak Spanish, but I'll, I, yeah. I know there's a good language school here, so I'll, I'll study and learn some more until All God right. tells me what to do. He said, well, don't do anything yet. He said, I'm about to have a, a convention, a three-day convention here in, here this next week. And he said, I've got John Osteen coming down. I said, I know John. He's a friend of mine. He said, I've got, I've got Wayne Myers coming down. I said, I just left Wayne Myers' house in Mexico City yesterday. Wow. And he said, I've got these other people coming down. I said, we're going to have a, a, a three-day convention. That's a, such a, a good A charismatic story. convention. And he said, don't do anything. I want you to help me. And he didn't know me from anybody, but God put us together. Right. But anyway, I learned from him that, that scripture you just quoted. He quoted that 10,000 times 10,000. He'd say, he said, God says we can enter into another man's labors. Right. He said, we're not going to tear down their labor. No, that's We're not right. going to try to overshadow their labor. No. But we can enter into their He's labor. so careful. And bless it. Yes. And leave it better than when we yes. let. We need to yes. promote them yes. and bless them. So what I was saying a while ago uh, is that you don't, want to, you don't want to make trouble no. for the missionary that lives there. They've got to stay there. They've got to live by the rules. They've got to live by the yeah, laws. That's a lot of And like I said, if you just come down, you're an American on a missionary trip. You know, and, and, and the first church of the frigid air sent you down there, then uh, and then you get kicked out because you do something stupid. Yeah. You wear that as a badge of honor. Oh, I got kicked out of the country because I'm a Christian. No, yeah. no, you got kicked out because you're stupid, you know. But but don't cause that's trouble right. for the that's missionary right. that's got to stay there that's after right. you leave to clean up your mess. Exactly. You enter into another man's labor. You build on another man's foundation, but you be right. very cautious about that, the Bible says. You be careful. Right. When you're building on and on another man's reputation and another man's exactly. uh, foundation, so there there are some rookie uh, mistakes that people make, well, and God and somehow attitude. helped me not make those. Renee, uh, That's I mean, you've wonderful. known Jackie and I a long time. I mean, we right. met we met you and Dean and Jackie and I met in 1974. Right. 
that's actually the year we moved to Guadalajara. We had just moved to Guadalajara in, in uh, January of 74 and met you and Dean in, in November of November 74 at Brother Osteen's Church, Lakewood Church. Uh-huh. But uh, uh, we, we left where we lived in Oaxaca, and God just said go to Guadalajara, so we did. But uh, we, we learned uh, God had just helped us to where we didn't make those those rookie mistakes and started having soul. We started winning souls. I mean, from day one, right. we started having miracles from day one. Uh, but you know, uh, the missionaries there didn't did, that were in Oaxaca really didn't like me because <laughs> they were all and they were good people, sweet people. Right. They just didn't understand me. I'm right. not sure I understand myself sometimes. But but Jackie and I came by faith. Yeah. I mean, by our definition of faith. Right. Not by the church's definition of faith, because I'm not sure. I think faith is one of the most abused and misused words in the English, <laughs> in the Christian's language. But all those yeah. people we met, all those wonderful, sweet missionaries, were denominational missionaries right. sent to Oaxaca by their denomination. Right. They supported them well. They had lots of money. Right. Uh, they had cars. The church provided them cars. Uh, many of them had tutors for their kids. They would send a tutor down to right. teach their kids. Uh, some were agricultural. That's the way to do it. Some were yeah. agricultural. Yeah, I don't always would have had that. Yeah, uh, no but the, the church, uh, uh, some were agricultural missionaries. So their job was to train the uh, the the Mexican people, the Indian people, the indigenous right. people. Right. There's five in, five Indian tribes living there in that Oaxaca area, mm. and uh, uh, to teach them how to grow crops and how to better grow crops. And then right. there's medical missionaries wonderful. That, that you know we're doing doctoring and medical stuff. Yes. And here, Jackie and I just show up with a Bible and a baby. <laughs> and and so that so they would invite us That's to these right. monthly missionary meetings, and then they'd grill us. They'd give us the third degree, man. I mean, uh, we'd go to those meetings, and we wanted to go, but they'd invite us. And we wanted to go because people spoke English, and you know, we right. wanted some fellowship, you know. And uh, and then they'd get us around us and say, "Who sent you?" Yeah. And and you know, I know what they wanted me to say, you know, right. because the Assemblies of God sent them, the Baptist sent them, the Methodist sent them, the Church of Christ sent them. Uh, all these great denominations sent them, right. and they wanted me to tell them that somebody right. sent me. Well, nobody sent me but God. <laughs> and I'm not going to say nobody right. because I'm not going to make a confession that's going to cut my own throat. Right. So they said, who sent you? And and I knew my answer would make them mad. It'd make anybody mad, but it was the only answer I could give them. It strikes and live fear. With my, and... Live with myself. I say, God sent me. In the me. heart, God yeah. sent me. They said, No, no, God sent us all. Who sent you? God. No, yeah. no, no. We're all sent by God. Who sent you? Yeah. And I said, Guys, I know what you want me to say, but God's the only one that sent me. Yeah. And then they'd follow that up with, How much support do you have? Yeah. Well, see, they had hundreds or thousands of dollars worth of support because their church. Their denomination did that for them. Thank God, thank God. But we didn't. God just said, right. go. And uh, and so I know what they want me to say. They want me to say, I have no support. What's but that? I'm not about to say that and cut my own throat. No. So, I, so I'd say, I have plenty. <laughs> I have, have more enough. than enough. God meets all my needs according yeah. to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You know, I, I have abundance. Well, they knew I didn't have abundance by looking at me. They could look at Jackie and I. We didn't have a place to live, you know. Jackie was wearing cut-down maternity clothes that she made right. herself. You know, uh, Lynn was wearing clothes that she made. Yeah. You know, I'm wearing what back in those days leisure suits. Right. Remember the leisure suits? Yeah. So, so they would get so irritated when I'd say God sent me. I'm trying not to be smart aleck. I'm trying not to be sarcastic, but it sounds sarcastic. Right. See, if you're a faith guy or woman and a word of faith 
person and you just answer what the Bible says, right. then the other Christians think you're being sarcastic or smart aleck or you're arrogant. Right. It sounds arrogant to them to say, I'm not going to be sick. Because no. I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. We, yeah, we our kids aren't going to be sick because church. our kids aren't going to be sick because we're healed by the stripes of Jesus. Right. Well, that makes them mad because <laughs> their kids are sick. Yes, it does. You know. Yes, it does. And, and so then they say, "Well, who do you think you are?" Oh. Well, that's a bummer of a question because then I have to say what the Bible says. Well, I think I'm heir and joint heir with Jesus Christ. Right. <laughs> well, I think I'm the righteousness of God. Well, I think yeah. I'm healed. Well, I think I'm prosperous. I think I'm blessed. You know, they ah, they don't want to hear that. People but said that. You know what us. would happen? You yeah. know what would happen? Let me finish this and you can tell okay. that. What would happen every time at those missionary meetings monthly is they didn't like me. They didn't like my answers. They wanted to trap me. They wanted me to just fail. Yeah. But every time they'd ask me to pray because when I prayed, yeah. the Holy Ghost would fall. I mean, just at the end of the meeting, they'd say, Brother Terry, you pray, you know, because they'd heard me pray. And when I pray, God shows up. And you could even hear them when we're praying, you know, just a bunch of missionaries were praying. Uh, and you could hear them go, <gasps> Because they could feel the presence of God. I mean, yeah. the anointing would show up. So they'd Thank always God. ask me to be the guy that prayed. Thank God. So I didn't make, I didn't, I didn't, and I didn't make those mistakes. I didn't do things they'd seen other new missionaries do. I didn't beg for money. Right. I didn't hint. I didn't go around <laughs> to their house at dinner time. You yeah, know? I'll show up. <laughs> you know? Like Brother Wayne saying, that yeah, guy that came yeah, and ate exactly. at his house every day. My faith and what is it? It's a, Brother Wayne, this or Brother Wayne, this this life of faith is really good because he'd show up at his house every breakfast, every lunch, every supper, every breakfast, every lunch, every supper, every breakfast, every lunch, <laughs> day after day. And one day they're eating steak, you know, that Martha had cooked, and the mission, oh, Brother Wayne, I tell you, this life of faith is really great. <laughs> Wayne said, yes, son, my steak and your faith make a great combination. <laughs> but but I didn't do that, you know, I didn't right. I didn't do those kind of right. things. We and, never want to look like we're the beggars. And I immediately we're started believers. having miracles because yeah. I just. I'd go down to the doctor's office and stand outside. That's such a cool And I figured if there's sick people, idea. I'll find them at the doctor's office. Yeah. So I'd go down to the doctor's office and just stand outside, and people start to go in the doctor's office, and I'd stop and say, excuse me, good morning, how are you? Praise the Lord. Uh, what are you going in the doctor's office for? And they'd tell me, well, I got this, or I got that, or I hurt here, I hurt there. And I'd say, that's wonderful uh, that you're going to the doctor, but do you mind if I pray for you? And I'd say, sure. You know, they're Catholics. So they're going to let me pray for them. Right. And I'd pray and God would heal him. And I'd say, go on in the doctor. I mean, I'm try trying to steal his money, you know, going in the doctor. And they'd come back, you know, a little bit and say, I said, what did the doctor say? He said, they, they can't find anything wrong with me. I feel great. And so I just found my, my <laughs> congregation down yeah, at the doctor's prayer. office, you know, prayer. and then out in the villages and stuff. So, so I learned to build on other men's foundations and to enter into their labors right. and not take credit for it, you know. And... Um, uh, <laughs> You know, I, I saw lots mm. of missionaries like make lots of mistakes. And so then right. when I take people on these mission trips, I'd say, now, we're not going to cause trouble for the missionary. Right. You, you know, sometimes I tell them, say, look, we're going to we're going to get on 747. We're going to fly to wherever, Uganda uh, or India. I say, now, 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 now here you are. You're just leaving Bible school. You're a you're a kid from a great Bible school in Dallas or Tulsa or something. You're full right. of the word. And all of a sudden you're going to go to whatever country. And I said, you know, what's the first thing you're going to do when you get there? When the plane lands and you have to go through customs and immigration, show your passport and, and get in the country, then what happens? Right. When you walk out of the airport, what happens? Yes. And so many of them just go. <laughs> I said, you know, there's the natural things that make the supernatural work. Got to remember I said, that. Now you think you're going to get off the, the airplane time. and walk straight into a crusade and have blind eyes open and deaf ears unstopped. I said, that's not true. I said, you're going to have to have something to eat. 
Right. Your kids are going to have to have something to eat. The sun's going down. You got to have some place to sleep. Your exactly. wife needs some place to sleep. There's natural things right. that you have to take care of before you can do the supernatural things right. that you came there for. All, all us preachers think that all our life is going to be totally supernatural. And I used to tell them, I say, I say really, really, you're going to live 20, 23, 22 hours a day right. just living or trying to live, <laughs> trying to eat and sleep and pay right, your bills right. and, you know, take care of your kids and change dirty diapers and, right. you know, do mow the grass, you mow the grass, take, take out, out the, the trash, trash. And, you know, go <laughs> to the laundry. The dishes, yeah. And I said, then you may have two hours of ministry. Right. Say you go to a crusade, say you go to church, you're going to preach. What, what the whole church thing's only going to last two hours, three hours. But there's those other hours in the day right. that you have to do something. Right. You have to stay alive, you know. And so, so you know, um, and I, I say to him, I say, you know, what are you going to do about the language? Right. You can't just walk in there and start preaching. You've got you to have an interpreter. you got to have somebody that can interpret. Yeah, there's a lot of starry-eyed, um, glossy concept. And people a lot of times are going on, uh, you know, just... They're, they're just have a, have an exhilaration about going exactly. to the mission field. They're, 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 but they there's 24 have, hours in the day you're going to have to live. Yeah, and you I know, tell people too, I, 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 you have to watch out when you go to a foreign country. You even have to watch out about getting the interpreter because there are there are professional crooks, crooks. everywhere yeah. in the world the just waiting for you to get heard. there. The stories just waiting we have for heard. you to get there. There's, there's, there, you go in some country, there may be nefarious some nefarious interpreters. <laughs> there may be some guy there that, that that's just his bag. That's his gig. That's his thing. He catches a new American and they can spot you. Yeah. I tell these people on the plane with me, they, they can spot you. When you walk off the plane, it's, there's a greenhorn. There's yeah. a tender, in Texas, we have a greenhorn or a tenderfoot. You know, there, there's a newbie. Yeah. And then they walk up to you and say, Praise the Lord, boy! You just light up like, oh my God, God sent me somebody. <laughs> and they say, and, and they talk to you in English. You say, oh, you speak English? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I've even interpreted. But, oh, you interpret? Wow! Would right. you be my interpreter? Well, sure. You know, for three hundred dollars a week, I'll be your interpreter. Yeah. And then they tell them this. They say, look, I've got forty-five churches that you can preach in, and I'll interpret for you. Well, to a newbie, to a new missionary right out of Bible school, he thinks. Dear God, this is week one, and I've got 45 churches I can preach in, and I've got an interpreter I can preach for. Wow. And so you write this glowing newsletter back home. Yeah, right. First day I got here, I met an interpreter. God sent me an interpreter, and I've got 45 churches to preach in. What they don't know is this guy's a crook. Yeah. And so he's going to start doing nice things with you. Right. And let you preach, and he'll interpret maybe his message, maybe your message. Mm -hmm. You don't know what he's preaching. He may just preach his own message. I've I've seen that happen, you know. I've I've seen people just just preach an opposite message. I mean, oh, Brother yeah. Osteen one time Brother had an Osteen interpreter had in, India, in India, and he'd preach the word of God, and this clown over here was preaching a Hindu message. Right. And Brother Osteen <laughs> didn't know the difference. He spent all this money, you know. Right. right. And and so uh, so you write the glowing newsletter, and I've always said this too, Renee. It's a real mistake. In fact, it's devastating sometimes for a church at home to expect a glowing report. For a, from a new missionary. You shouldn't put that kind of pressure on them. Right. Hey, we're sending you down to mission fields, but like within a week, we expect you to be raising the dead and healing the sick and casting out devils. And Yeah. No, well, don't put that a, kind of pressure on them. They got to have a house to right. live in. They got to have food to eat. They got to have transportation. They got to uh, establish they live. themselves. You know, one of the things that, that we find out and and looking to the realm of the supernatural, there are nine gifts of the Spirit 
that the Holy Spirit is trying to build down on the inside yes. of you. And you're going to learn that through prayer, your own personal prayer life. And if you haven't developed that and you're thinking about what's that verse in Proverbs 17, 24, it says, every fool has his eyes on the ends of the earth. And All you, these new missionaries have their eyes on the ends of the earth. You know, I'm going to be a success over there when yeah, I get there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you need to learn how to be a success. Disease. Yeah, destination disease. You need to learn how to be a success in prayer right where you are. And we talked and about that a lot that, in our last program, that you, yeah. you build a foundation of prayer to make these things work. And you have to have that. And, and Brother Osteen would always say, slow growth is good growth. Yes, he would. Most people go to the mission field very naive, very good-hearted, rose-colored glasses, just a sparkle in their eye. They're so thrilled and they're living off the adrenaline rush mm -hmm. of getting to do what their heart's desire has yes, always exactly. wanted to do. And they think but they're right in the will of God. The emotional maturity that it takes for God to build that on the inside of you, for you to listen to the Holy Ghost, move with discerning of spirits, walk in compassion, keep that wisdom of God and understanding out there mm -hmm. so that you are not deceived. Absolutely. You are not put in situations you don't make the rookie mistake. that you are not prepared to handle and that God does not, you are not led into temptation. You so, are not led into weaker places where you are emotionally and mentally not prepared to handle. So many new missionaries come to the mission field with the burden. Right. And not the call. And not the they call. They mistake the burden for the call. They've that got a burden for missions. Every Christian does. Again. They've got a burden for missions. They right. want to win souls. They want to go to the mission fields. But God's not calling there. They just show no, up that's with them. Right. They, they get in trouble by that. You've got to make sure that the call is there. But I want to finish what I started saying because we're almost out of time. And, and so they'll get this interpreter that's a crook. And then he'll do nice things with them. Let them preach. Let them preach. And so now they're now they're locked in with their church back home, thinking that hey, he's, he's got forty five places to preach in an interpreter, right. and then he starts doing the crooked stuff, yeah, and starts cheating out of money, and start and start, and then you find out maybe he's got a mistress, and you find out maybe he's doing this, and and oh. yet you're saying now now do I confront him and cut ties, or and lose my report yeah. back home, or do I just keep sending glowing reports back home saying everything's wonderful, and so then that missionary, that's a slippery slope. That missionary, instead of having to write a letter and say, I was a fool, uh, yeah. this guy's a crook, he took me, uh, <laughs> you know, he, he's a, now yeah. they either come clean right, or they keep the reports going, knowing that they're being duped and wasting money. And so there's a lot of discernment, a lot of things right. that you can bypass rookie mistakes by hooking up with a veteran and honoring and respecting and washing the feet of that veteran. Well, and that's how important the supernatural power of God is. When we look at Isaiah 64, I want to read this to you before we leave the air today. It says, when, when the Lord, Isaiah 64, 3, Lord, you did things we did not expect. Didn't expect you want to be in a place where your faith has a level of expectancy that you know God's able to fix it. Yes. God's able to do it. Yes. And that every fool uh, that aspect of it, it you know, you're not there. <laughs> you have passed over, like Terry said, those level of mistakes. Well, our time is gone for today. We're going to keep talking about the supernatural in your life. And we want to remind you one more time, you are more. More than conquerors. <laughs> Amen. Bye-bye.
Hello, everybody. Renee and I just want to remind you that the greatest miracle of all time and the only eternal miracle is salvation. So uh, let's just do that right now. Pray this prayer after me. Father God, I come before you today to accept Jesus. I believe in my heart Jesus is the Son of God. I call on you today according to your word. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Wash me in your blood. Make me a new creature. Thank you, Lord, for saving me, and I'll serve you the rest of my days in Jesus' name. So write us, let us know, tell somebody that you prayed with Terry and Renee and that you gave your heart to Jesus. We love you. God bless you.